All right, we can probably start right here with the opening right here. Successful in that regard, but then we get to part six, and I don't know. It 
it's good. It is still good. It's Lupin. But, like, it just... I don't think the writing clicked together as much with me this time around. Plus, like, you're already coming off, like, two banger parts with four and five, so it's like... You might have, you might have some, you know, stumbling blocks here and there. Well, yeah, because I guess you got to consider that not... Uh, you know, going so fast with these seasons, like, you're not going to get, like, gold every single time, and I think we're kind of reaching that point. And yet, I say that, but then, not soon after, the Lupin Zero got released. Yeah. And that's only, like, what, four episodes? Yeah, like, four or six episodes. And I hear that's amazing. Yeah. It actually dishes out on, like, the history of Lupin in a way we've never seen before. Mm. <laughs> so, like, it can, that kind of interesting writing can be done, but, I don't know, I felt like part six was a little bit lacking in that. Though I gotta say, the, uh, the premiere episode of part six I really liked, which was basically like uh, a send-off for uh, Jigen's uh, original Seiyu who uh, decided to retire. To that, was, that was a big deal. Yeah. yeah, that was kind of pretty sad. Granted, with the dub, it didn't really translate well because, like, you yeah, know, you don't Richard understand. F. Carr, he's still sticking around. He's yeah, not going anywhere. You wouldn't understand that at all, that yeah, Jigen's but, not around anymore. But if you understand the history of, like, Jigen and his, his like, Seiyu, then it means a lot more. But still, it's a very good episode. Yeah, quite good. So yeah, that is Mupon third part six, and moving on from that, we got, you know, uh, Toonami, they're, uh, some people might call it uh, an anime block, but uh, in general, it's an action cartoon block, which means we get a lot more Western cartoons, and uh, we got a good one right here. Yes, yes, yes. Hell yeah, one of the best acquisitions they ever got. Oh yeah, like, getting Tarkovsky's Primal, it's uh, an Adult Swim show regularly, but uh, they did air both season one and season two on Toonami. They gave, uh, for season two, they gave them uh, the reruns after the premieres uh, the previous Thursdays. But hey, it means we can still technically talk about it. Oh yeah, like, we can talk about Primal and like, and why you all need to go seek for just go watch Primal. Because Primal is amazing, like, holy crap, this show is just, it's, Beautiful brutality is like is what I would call it. Yes, uh, deeply inspired by like old uh, pulp novels and like Conan, like the barbarian works. Uh, it's the story of a caveman and a uh, dinosaur uh, trying to exist in a very dangerous uh, world of uh, dangerous monsters and uh, also dangerous humans as well in the second season. Yeah, and like uh, I really also love the uh, the found family aspect between both uh, our main characters, uh, Spear and. Uh, Bang. Thank you. I, I do like that because, you know, at the start of the series, they both, like, lose a lot of things very close to them, and, like, they find each other, and they decide, like, to take on this horrifying world together. I mean, the, be the best thing that, the best way I can sell Primal to people is that it's a series that gets all of its story through just no dialogue whatsoever. Oh, yeah, it's pretty much a silent cartoon. Mo yeah, mostly just a silent cartoon. And even when people are speaking a language, it's, like, ancient languages they're using. Like you've got like you've got like tribes you've got like a tribe of Celtics in one episode and they're only speaking in like old Celtic language. It's so fascinating. Yeah, it is. You like, just don't see that kind of quality in like some cartoons. Like and that. like I love the effort that they were willing to go to like not only like write out all that dialogue but also uh, train the VAs to actually speak it and speak it perfectly. Now that was very cool of them to do. Uh, yeah, Mira, Mira and her tribe are speaking Arabic. Ah yeah. yes, okay. Mm -hmm. That's that's good to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and of course, uh, the the main the main thrust of the season is uh, you know, Spear and Fang trying to travel across an ocean to save a uh, the very first like human they've actually come across in like ages, and that reveals that they live in a much more um, uh, brutal but advanced uh, world where civilization has progressed outside this land of dinosaurs and monsters that was the first season. So mm -hmm. it's just a really good spin for the second season. That you've got these two characters that are way more out of time than you would ever expect. Now they're like competing. Now they're trying to fight uh, in their own primal way against uh, spears and technology, and it's just utterly fascinating. And like, just gets across a lot of like heart in its storytelling with just a minimal amount of uh, 
words and dialogue. It's just all done through uh, grunts, reactions, and also the uh, the facial expressions, like the the way like Fang and Spear emote, like like you know he said, pictures worth a thousand words, like and their reactions say it all. And Gendy is a master of that kind of like character acting too. He really is. Mm -hmm. And also, I gotta say, I appreciate for season two we got one episode that's a, a bit more experimental. It's it's pretty much Gendy trying something out and possibly testing the waters for maybe a primal spin-off. Yeah, and I, I don't want to spoil it, but like, it's it's very different and just like very inspired. And it's thematically appropriate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very thematically like, appropriate. At the end, I was just like, that was brilliant. I love that. <laughs> so yeah, can't speak highly enough of primal. <laughs> yeah, watch it. If you have HBO Max, watch it. Watch it before they get rid of it, like they do every, every other show. Yeah. <laughs> So, moving on from that one, we got... On the next only episode of Yashahime, Princess Half-Demon. You'll have to do better than that to defeat me. Playtime is over! Yashahime, Princess Half-Demon, will return in two weeks. Enough of this! Yeah. Like, I gotta mention it here because it did actually air, but uh, gonna be real with y'all, I didn't watch this at all. I mean, we, we try with these works. We really try. We try. We're like, whenever Toonami comes up with something, and we've tried Yashihime before. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the continuation for Inuyasha and his family and their kids and all the weirdness that comes along with that. It's so hard to care about Yashihime. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I'm not really much of an Inuyasha fan to begin with, so that's already a hard sell. But like, whatever, it's a good fit for the channel, like, it's, it's you know, decent enough action, even if it's very, just, mid-action. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you want to hear someone talk passionately about uh, Yashihime, highly recommend uh, our friend JP's uh, podcast, The No Name Anime Show, on uh, Gonzo.moe. He's done some uh, recaps for uh, Yashihime Season 2, and uh, he puts it over, and also, Finds a way to make some, make the show sound very interesting. <laughs> he's a trooper for doing that, honestly. Yeah, I, I appreciate all he's done, you know, you know, putting over Yashihime, you know, gotta push it for SummerSlam. <laughs> but if anyone's gonna sell you on Yashihime, I'm sorry to say it's not gonna be us. <laughs> no, so if you want uh, me to put over uh, a work by Rumiko Takahashi, I can talk a lot about Ursi Yatsura and how good that is. I mean, yeah, on the sidelines, you just got into that for the, over the past oh, year. Oh, really? I love that. Get that on Tsunami, it's perfect. I mean, yeah, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Comedy works. But anyway, moving on from this show, we got... Oh boy! Kurosaki was an ordinary seaside town. Until they showed up. Oh my god. Now, an ancient evil has awakened. And for Kime and Yuri, the nightmare is just beginning. Where are you there? This place, it gives me the creeps. I don't miss the Toonami original, Housing Complex C. Premiere Saturday, October 1st at midnight, next day on HBO Max. Okay, now first off, just a quick question. Show of hands, who here, like, who here had, like, heard about this anime before? Who has, who has heard of it before? Now another show of hands. Who here? Uh, who here? Um, who here? No, actually, oh, this is hard. To, this is hard to con contemplate because, like, I know some people like like heard of like this show before, but like it just immediately dropped off the map as soon as like it came into the yeah. Well, like it's a, an original project by Tsunami, not based on any manga or anything. So sorry, this is just <laughs> so uh, an original series. And, uh... Mini-series, Yeah, mini-series, four episodes, and, uh, you know, with Toonami and the original programming, uh, on the one hand, I really appreciate the fact that, uh, they're going to these lengths to produce these original shows, you know, their own shows, not having to license them out, you know, shows faith in Toonami that they think, hey, this is a good platform for these shows. They've had success in the past with those. Yep. On the other hand, uh, looking at their track record in recent years, and especially this one, it's been... Very hit or miss, and uh, oh boy, this was a big old swing and a miss. 
Yeah, when they when Toonami misses on some of these shows, the, the dark just goes directly into someone's eye. Yeah. <laughs> like, granted, it's no Blade Runner Black Lotus, where it's just more cursed and stuff like that, and also it's just so soulless. Okay, but what is Housing Complex C actually about? So, Housing Complex C, it's about this uh, small little apartment building in like this uh, rural part of Japan, and uh, a lot of creepy stuff happens in and around it, uh, mainly due to these uh, Lovecraftian fish monsters and stuff. Even though we don't actually see them, spoiler alert. Yeah, like you, you don't get to see any of them, folks. <laughs> like, uh, do, you know, one way I can really describe the show, it's like Higurashi, but made by someone who didn't get Higurashi. Yeah, like it tries to set up this conflict that there are these like uh, foreigner workers that are like coming in to like work on the complex or like doing work in the area, and they set up that there is like this like. Uh, racial, this like racial tension between them and like the uh, predominantly elder, elderly inhabitants of the complex, but it doesn't really like go anywhere or like not really well for that matter. No, it's mainly just set up for tension, which then leads into like more creepy stuff. Like, oh no, we found a, a dog head inside this shaved ice liquid stuff. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and at the center of all is a uh, at the center of it all is two little girls that are trying to uh, solve the mystery of why creepy events are happening during the whole time. Pretty much. And then it's like, oh wait, one of the girls is actually causing all this. She's trapped everyone in some wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey, time-loop-stick sort of thing. <laughs> you can tell how little we respect we have that we're giving out this much plot, this many plot, plot yeah. details. And the thing is, you know, I bring up Higarashi, it's like, I fully expected this to be like, okay, creepy mystery, small rural area, you only got a few episodes to do it, but, you know, just hit us with like all kinds of like tension and blood and guts. Yeah, none of that. Mm, no. No, what we do get, we get tons of talking, tons of people just explaining creepy stuff happening around. Oh my god, it's, it's such like, a talkative series. It's like, hang on, hang on, we got it. We'll get to some creepy stuff, but I gotta, I gotta explain a few things first. So, for uh, two things. First off, this anime, which is technically an anime, was never actually released or dubbed in Japan. This is an American-only anime created in Japan for America. <laughs> So, there are no seiyuu or anything like that? No, no, it, it's entirely just English dubbed. Second, um, it, one, of the, one of the positives about it is the fact that it goes into Cthulhu lore. Like, uh, the, 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 whole, the whole plot is a good dive into H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's own works. So, if you're familiar with that stuff, this is actually a series that you probably appreciate. Uh, but they don't really do much of that. The problem yeah. is, like, yeah, they don't really delve too much into that. I, I would say, like, you can find much better Cthulhu-inspired... Like, yeah. HP Lovecraft-inspired uh, works out there. And you can do far better than Housing Complex C, I can yeah. tell you that. Yeah. And, like, I tried to give this series a chance. I really did, but it's like, each episode, I'm all like, okay, here we go, come on, get to the good stuff. Oh, wait, it's over, never mind. And now, you see, like, I'm the opposite, where, like, I automatically assume, like... I already accept my expectations like like pretty medium-wise for most works that I get to these days. I try not to like expect, expect too much or too little. You you put your hype factor way higher than I do. Well, it wasn't really hype. That was just giving it a shot. Right, right. But you 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 give it you give these shows way much more leeway than I do. Well, it's not giving it leeway. It's just like, okay, surprise me. Wow me. I'll I'll give you the fairest shake possible. <laughs> All right, four episodes, did absolutely nothing with it. Okay, this show sucks. Yeah, now, yeah, now, now, now it just sucks. Yeah, at least that was fair. Uh, yeah, another, another, sadly, another big miss with Housing Complex C. Yeah. It was an experiment. It actually was, uh, Trudami was the producer, but it was actually the director who wanted to make it in the first place. So but, like, that director didn't really do much before this. No, I believe he, that was. He, he, had a, he had a chance to do something. Toonami provided it. That's all that it was. Yeah, yeah like, on the one end, you, you can appreciate the fact that they gave him a shot, gave it a try, you know? Don't know if you don't try. Whether he wanted anything to come of it was a different story, but they did it. Yeah. I think the director of this, didn't he only have, like, two credits to his name on, like, Anime News Network? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, total newbie right here. Yeah. <laughs> and it shows. Oh, boy, does it show. Uh, Toonami bedded it all in green, and, yeah. <laughs> well, the odds spoke. I mean, hey, at the very least, they didn't Blade Runner Black Lotuses and have NFTs. I mean, I don't know which is worse, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I can't really tell you. Which is more soulless? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> They're about equal in my eyes. Yeah, true. So, yeah, moving on from that one, we got... In the 60s. 
human land. But the ruined city isn't what it appears. Are those human body parts? And the hollows that live nearby are guarding a horrible secret. Wow, what is this place? It's kind of like a market. Yes, at the market, human children garner the most value. You would have a very good value. For instance, your eyes, skin, or fat. Come on, stop it! We didn't know it yet. But people could never return from this area and maintain their human form. <laughs> Season 2 of Made in Abyss. Premiere Saturday at 12.30 a.m. So yeah, we got more Main Abyss Season 2 right here. <laughs> uh, a series that uh, is, it's so much more, it's, I feel like it's one of those works that's a bit more polarizing for some people to get into. It is, and I fully understand that. Like, for me personally, I really enjoy Main Abyss, you know, despite some of its weirder parts, I really do like the series. I do like the vibes it gives off. I love how they set up all this creepy tension, you know, the further and further they go down, deeper into the abyss. And I really like the characters here too. Like I'm always rooting for them. I always want to see them try to make out of like all these horrific moments that uh, that they come across. Right. Like it, like all of its like action and storytelling really fits in well with uh, the tsunami aesthetic. Like it gets pretty deep into its storytelling and its characters and like what drives them and motivates them. It's like pretty fascinating in that regard. Yeah, especially with this season where like uh, it's all focused around this uh, one city within the abyss and like. The, way, the weird way that it works, you know, where it's like a marketplace, there's like this weird bartering system here and there where you have to like give up stuff that's more important to you and you have to find things that are like of equal value to that and it also just like relates to like certain characters and like their personal feelings with like uh, some people from their past and like not really letting go of that, like it's, it's really, really good. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's still a good continuation of Main Abyss. Um, yeah, it's, I, I don't get into this one as much just because of those problems that you uh, that you brought up. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, the original author has some uh, stuff that uh, he just can't not put in his works. Uh, yeah, there's some content in the series that uh, is gonna gross you out for the wrong reasons. Yeah, yeah. Especially in this season, there's like a weird thing with a toilet that has like a tongue. I mean, it's way more than that. Yeah, you're like lowballing the creepy. The, that's some all, that's of the, creepy the tip of the iceberg. That's the creep factor. Yeah. I know you're like lowballing like some of the scatological <laughs> elements to Made in Abyss. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh god, it's it like ugh. It's, it's like it's gross. It it is content warning for Made in Abyss. It like, is. I try to work my way through it to get to like the really good stuff, and I would say the good stuff outweighs a lot of the weird creepy stuff. Yeah, but it's a big hurdle to get over. Oh yeah, I know denying that. But I, I think you will be rewarded if you check it out. Yeah. The only weird thing about this is that uh, there was a movie in between both seasons, and for some reason, Toonami couldn't air the movie, I guess. Maybe licensing or whatnot. Or... Yeah, that was the big disappointment. Oh, yeah, that's another big theme for uh, the past year of Toonami. Licensing. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> mostly not through their own faults. It's mostly through uh, certain companies not wanting to play ball. Yeah, so unfortunately, we weren't, they weren't able to air the film that like bridges the story between season one and season two. So it's really awkward when you're like jumping into it. Yeah, so it's pretty much like, hey, if you want to know what happened with like uh, Rico and her friends, you got to go to High Dive and watch the film. Uh, or if on. you were lucky enough to watch in theaters during uh, around lockdown. Oh, that was so frustrating. Yeah, the, uh, the success of the uh, Demon Slayer movie in theaters made season two far outside of Toonami's budget. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, that's, a, that's also a big disappointment, the fact that uh, we can't, we didn't get Demon Slayer Season 2 and we're never gonna get any more because the licensing fees are just way too much. Oh, God. <laughs> but hey, thankfully we have a company like uh, Sentai Filmworks that are willing to license out shows like this and uh, I believe Maiden Abyss is gonna get another season, so hopefully that gets on Toonami someday in the future. Yeah, hopefully. So, onwards and upwards to our next show here. With the threat of the paranormal liberation front rising, the procurers and their students prepare for an all-out war. That means the entire world is in danger, not just the school. Our heroes will be pressed to the limit. Alright, bros, you think you can finish this up really quick? My Hero Academia Season 6 premieres Saturday at midnight. Hey, one of the few shows that uh, Funimation, now Crunchyroll, is willing to license out to Tsunami. 
Yes, it's My Year Academia Season 5. Or six. the... Or, sorry, <laughs> 6. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's the, uh, it's the adaption of the Paranormal Liberation War arc, and all the fallout after that. Yep, and... Uh... You know, a while back, uh, we do a podcast called Anime Baby, and uh, we did talk about season five and uh, talking about how uh, anime kind of did uh, those story arcs a little bit dirty for that season. Yeah, season, season five before this was, uh, it really flubbed the ball, like with uh, the uh, Metal Liberation Army arc. It just looked, it, it just wasn't like well adapted at I all. Was, it was, was bad. I was struggling to pay attention. I, it just became background noise for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's an arc that's like really good in the manga, but they did not do it justice whatsoever in the no, anime. No, like uh, it looked, it looked ugly. Like they cut out a lot of content. It, it just did not work at all. Yeah, like all the fabulous sakuga that uh, My Hero Academia is known for. Uh, barely any of that during the uh, My Hero Academia arc. Just nothing but speed lines and still frames. Yeah, it, it was bad. But uh, thankfully for season six, I feel like they're starting to uh, find their groove again. Like, I would say that uh, they're really starting to get back to where they once were pre-season five. Even though I really wanted something else to happen in between uh, this whole timeline where, like, going from, like, the past season, it's like, oh, the villains have all this power now. Are they going to do anything with that within, like, uh, like what, four, six months or so? Like, three months, was it? Like, three months, three month time skip? Oh no, the heroes are just busting all of them now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, oh, they didn't do any planning or like pre prepare for this giant raid or anything. Yeah. So now heroes are just like starting a war that they have no idea is like gonna get like as bad as it does. Mm. Yeah, the, 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 the heroes, they, they don't do well with damage control in this arc. Not really, all. like all of Japan is in lockdown right now because of these villains. They here. really don't understand that they're starting a straight up war. <laughs> And, uh, but it does result in, like, a pretty decent season, though. Yeah, and, like, uh, I love after the, uh, the initial, you know, first shots of the war, we get to a part where, like, Deku goes, goes in on his own, pretty much becomes, like, a Batman-esque vigilante, just kind of, like, stopping any baddies wherever he can without the help of his friends because he doesn't want to get them involved. Especially now that the uh, main, main series villain, uh, Shigaraki, is now a walking doomsday device that can literally destroy a city in seconds. Mm-hmm. And uh, that makes for uh, a mix of emotions, I feel, for the pacing later in the series. Having a person that can literally destroy an entire country in like a minute by touching the ground. <laughs> but whatever, those, that, that, those are my problems with like the later arcs of My Hero Academia yeah, and the writing. Yeah, but uh, where this season goes, I feel like it has like a really good, it covers a lot of really good stuff and ends on a very good point here too. So before we get into like, the nitty-gritty of like uh, where the manga is currently at right now. Right, and it also added in scenes that were from the My Villain Academia arc as well. Yeah. <laughs> Not well, might I add. Yeah, kind of like uh, shifted things around here and there, which was also kind of a big issue back in season five. Yeah, that was quite lame. Yeah, thankfully not as bad, but still, you know. Yeah, but what can you do, though? They, they still did an overall pretty good job adapting the, uh, the whole arc and all the fallout afterwards. And there's some pretty big, like, grave emotions and, like, a lot of character development for what comes after this, too, since, you know, country's not doing well after this whole war. Yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> Things are pretty bad after this. <laughs> but overall, a pretty good adaption. Yeah, like, back to form, I would say, for the My Hero Academia anime. I would say so. Yeah. And, but uh, I will have to say that uh, I'm not really liking the fact that uh, Toonami has to uh, double up on episodes each and every week, which means uh, they're going to get done with this uh, show faster, which means they got to find something else, and who knows where they're going to get their replacement for this season. That's a good question, if they are going to find anything to replace this. Yeah, like, it's a good sign that uh, Funimation, now Crunchyroll, is able to uh, license this out, because they've been playing hardball with, like, a lot of their shows. But uh, who knows where it goes from here? Like, will we get some... Tsunami has something of a grandfather clause with this series, actually, because yeah. they got in uh, right off the bat uh, and had been airing uh, right up into the Crunchyroll deal. Uh, they kind of have to you know, let Tsunami continue to air it. Right, it is, so that's... It is a bit of a grandfather clause. Yeah, so th that's some relief at the very least. It's a shame they couldn't do that with, like, Demon Slayer or Mob Psycho 100. Yeah, it's like, why didn't they get that courtesy? Yeah, why, why don't they get the grandfather clause? Mm. But, eh. Better than nothing, I would say. Yeah, especially for this past year. Mm -hmm. So moving on from that one, we got... With an uninvited guest, the Friends of Victory Party. Watch out! Pirate and gourmet alike must battle side by side to turn the tide. I wasn't expecting it to evolve that far. I got it. 
focus on history's strongest collaboration. Strongest collaboration? I don't know. I mean, maybe back in 2011. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, it's something that's, it's not a new full on show, but hey, it's something that has never been seen before and never been dubbed up until now the, uh, the One Piece crossover with uh, Dragon Ball Z and uh, Toriko. Is that worth it though? I mean, you know, One Piece, they're in the middle of Punk As right now, and uh, when the anime originally aired, they did do this uh, crossover episode that was also tied into like an episode of Toriko. It's like, and, you know, they got to this episode rather than skip it like they did with the, uh, the simulcast in the, uh, the DVD release. And why not do it? You know, throw them a bone here and there. Yeah, it's just a very simple crossover between One Piece, Dragon Ball Z, and an anime you don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> and an anime that uh, Funimation now Crunchyroll never even finished. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because no one watched it. I know, like, one of these things is not like the other in this picture. It didn't get finished in Japan, either. They didn't have any more episodes they could dub. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not true. really. <laughs> but, uh, no, this is, this is still fun, and, you know, like, I've, it's been a while since we had some kind of Dragon Ball on Toonami, so, like, hey, I'll, I'll, I'm glad to see Goku win the Z-Fighters again. It's, it's always fun, and, you know, hanging out with Luffy and the gang is pretty, it's pretty cool. It's like whatever, like Dragon Ball and like One Piece, like they were they they mesh well together. They've got good personalities. Yeah, they're the highlights. Uh, not 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 Toriko though. Yeah, you're you're not. No one's gonna be wowed about like the, the this blue haired guy interacting with anyone. This blue haired food man here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like not only is the series itself kind of mid, it's also based on the fact that uh, the original mangaka is uh, kind of a creeper. I mean, yeah, he's like well, hasn't he like committed like actual like crimes? Oh, oh yeah, and uh, I think he. Uh, he was at least sentenced to jail time. I'm pretty sure he avoided it because reasons. Yeah, pretty bad stuff. Yeah, look it up. It's uh, not great. Yeah, we, we don't want to get into that. <laughs> Let's just say this guy, like the creator of, of Toriko, has committed some pretty bad crimes. Yeah, so, uh, but hey, two out of three ain't bad here for this crossover. <laughs> two out of three. Yeah, fine. Yeah. That's a good way to look at this. <laughs> and hey, you know, uh, I follow a lot of the VAs on Twitter, and it's like, Hearing them say like, "Hey, it's great to voice this character that I never got to finish voicing in the past," and I'm just all like, "Hey, good for you, pals." This special just opens up so many arg fan arguments, though. I imagine. Oh yeah, it's like who's better <laughs> with each of these characters? Goku. Like he, yeah. he, he can, he can mush all of them. Goku, he's gonna show you. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, if it's like Luffy as he is now in the manga with like all of his like greater powers, then like yeah, he could be a match. But like, but well, like whatever. It's the novelty of seeing these characters, these uh, popular shit. These two popular shonen characters clashing with each other. Two popular shonen and a shonen. Yeah. <laughs> so, apparently they actually did dub this way back in like 2012 or 13 like that, just because they could. Uh, and then uh, they were still doing Toriko at the time. So this has just been sitting on the shelf all this time. Yeah. It's, a, it's a bit like when uh, they were dubbing uh, DZ Kai and they actually dubbed the Boo Saga, but it wasn't until like Toonami got it that they finally aired it. Right. Which is why we have like uh, Laura Bailey as Kid Trunks and she doesn't play Kid Trunks anymore. Nope. Yeah, kind of awkward, but yeah, whatever. But, but hey, I'll take it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> So uh, moving on from that one, we, yeah. Speaking of food. Okay, it's cool it came back, but like, how far are we to the end of this? Oh, this is the final season. Okay, good. <laughs> not to be mean, not to be mean. No, no, like, between the two of us, I'm more of a, I'm more of a Food Wars fan than you are. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, it's the, the novelty of, like, eating good food and clothes blow off, it just wears off on me. I yeah. mean, there's, 
been very little clothes blowing up in this season so far. I mean, yeah, they, um, they kind of dropped the gimmick a little bit more later on. They more so front-loaded it at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Which is like... Makes uh, sense. <laughs> get, the, get the readers in and viewers. Yeah, which is something I've come to notice with like these uh, latter seasons of Food Wars where like it's mostly like non-stop food battles. It's in like... I feel like it's a bit much, you know, it's like, I'm watching this and I'm all like, alright, I'm with you, this is good, but slow it down, slow it way down, please. Especially with all the characters they now have at this point. Yeah, like, we have more characters, and like, even in this season, we introduce, like, one big final antagonist who I like to... I look at him and I think of him as, like, Soma's liquid snake here. <laughs> <laughs> Although, the one thing that was weird is that the trailer didn't mark it as the final season, though. No, they didn't really say it, but uh, Fifth Plate is the, the final season of the series. Yeah, kind of weird that you wouldn't, like, clarify that. Yeah, sure. yeah, you don't want to be doing Attack on Titan where you got the final season part seven right now. Yeah, no, you don't want that situation. Food yeah. Wars, Fifth Plate, first dish. Food Wars, Fifth Plate, second dish. <laughs> Food Wars, Fifth Plate, dessert time. Dessert course. <laughs> After dinner, mint. Food Wars, like, Food Wars, DJ Steve. <laughs> food Wars, fifth plate, spending a night on the toilet. <laughs> Actually, the way I put it Food there, Wars, Diarrhea time. City. <laughs> uh, right uh, back to Scatological, like with Maiden Abyss. Uh, I'll throw love that. <laughs> if he's, if he's listening to us right now, he'd be all like, ah. Oh, you guys get it. <laughs> At least the comedy is staying consistent in this one. Yeah, definitely. Like this. Definitely. Like, it's still a very funny series. Like, I'm having a good time watching this each and every week. Yeah. But, yeah, it's still kind of having trouble, like, juggling the multiple characters, though. Like, it's, it's, it's a pretty big cast by this point. Yeah, but uh, at the very least, the story is now kind of focused more on, like, Soma, his new rival, and uh, uh, Nakarid right here. Right. So, you know, the drama is still, like, pretty, still goes pretty hard, or well enough, you know? Yeah, and, like, uh, hopefully, like, you know, I'm watching this as it premieres on Toonami, so I haven't seen it all yet, but uh, hopefully this leads to uh, a very satisfying conclusion to uh, the Food Wars saga here. Yeah. But uh, as for uh, new stuff on Toonami, uh, this is actually pretty much it right here. <laughs> this is the last <laughs> new thing there. Which really speaks to uh, how hard it has been for them to uh, acquire stuff within the past year. Yeah, thanks to uh, a lot of mergers in the past. I mean, and yet it still keeps going, though. Yeah, thankfully, and like, you know, uh, despite how the, uh, the Warner Brothers Discovery merger has been going, they still like Toonami, they still want to keep it around. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, they're going to have to acquire much more in the future if they're going to want to be able to keep it alive. Although there are still things on the way for Toonami. Yeah, it may not be uh, licensing anime from other companies, but uh, they, they find ways to bring in some new stuff. And uh, we can show some right now, uh, one of which is going to uh, premiere relatively soon here. Another Gendy work. Give it to me, give it to me, more uh, candy! I want it so bad. <laughs> and uh, this one will be following the uh, the primal route as it will premiere on a Thursday and then the following Saturday it will air on Tsunami. Yeah, and uh, confirmed I believe to be a mini-series as well. Yep. So it's just gonna be ten episodes, I believe? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so relatively short, but, you know, uh, Gendy works well with uh, the short format these days. Mm, but uh, I'm looking forward to this one. Like, just based on that trailer alone, I'm thinking, like, yeah, this is going to be good. I, I, will say, I will say steampunk for your setting it can be a bit of a gamble, though, uh, 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 you know, TV-wise. It's just that, like, steampunk is just one of those genres that just doesn't, like, kick off, like, too hard in, like, the TV sphere. It's just one of those things that 
makes a TV producer kind of think twice a little bit, where they're thinking like, who is this for? Like, is it going to be? Is it? Are we going to get like a narrow demographic with this? But no, you can't have that mind mindset with these things. And I'm very happy to see that Gendy is uh, indulging with that, and also kind of drawing upon some of those uh, Conan fantasy uh, inspirations uh, along with that as well. Uh, that main protagonist girl looks a lot like Ashi from uh, Samurai, Samurai Jack's final season. She really, really does. Uh, Gendy really likes drawing that character type. <laughs> yeah. I'm also noticing a bit of a Popeye flair with like some of the uh, character designs, too. In what way? Like, uh, looking at the boy on the far right, like, he looks very much like a, a Popeye-ish character. A like, little bit. I can see it a little bit in like, like, the uh, facial structure yeah, and the feet. arms a bit. Yeah. Which, hey, you know... Popeye? Betty Boop. Betty Boop? Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah. Actually, now that you say that, I see it in the face of the uh, main female protagonist. Oh, yeah, that's definitely Betty Boop. Yeah. Although, I think that might be an older design right there. No, yeah, because I think they actually changed up the designs later on, based on, like, the initial images. Oh, okay. But so, we also know he sometimes plays these designs as it's going. Right, he does. So we do know that, at least. Yeah. But yeah, I'm loving this like giant like copper robot. I'm loving like the the Shazam the Wizard the, like the trailer. Like, I'm I'm all dead, and like all the action still looked great. I think this is being produced by the same Irish studio that produced Primal, and um, I think the cast is also going to be largely British, based on what I recall. So uh, I'm really looking forward to what Gendy's going to be bringing with this series. Yeah. I mean, I just love Gendy, Gendy Tartakovsky in general. Like, I will watch anything he puts out. Even, like, the Hotel Transylvania movies. And I don't like those. No, just, uh, just put those movies on mute and just appreciate the animation. <laughs> Make up your own dialogue. Why not? I do love them when they got to the fourth one, though. They just got Derek Dryman from Spongebob to direct it. Yeah. And, they even, they, and they even got an Adam Sandler impersonator to play Dracula in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not only that, a YouTube impersonator. <laughs> to... <laughs> He's not bad. He's not bad. No, he's not. But impersonating anyone is not the best uh, uh, thing you want in your resume. Nah, not really. I, I wish that guy the best. I hope he gets like original roles. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I hope he's not the official Adam Sandler uh, impersonator going on. Like, imagine spending the rest of your career going all like, I mean, I guess like that one guy who. Um, I guess that one guy who like impersonates uh, Jack Jack Sparrow for everything. I guess he's doing well enough. Yeah, true. <laughs> At least he's an excuse not to bring back Jack Johnny Depp on anything. Yeah, it is true. But yes, Unicorn Warriors Eternal. I'm very much looking forward to this. Yeah, coming next month. And uh, that's not the only uh, stuff that's coming in the uh, the near future right here. As uh, we got uh, we got this trailer that dropped recently. That is also going to be for a show airing on Toonami later this summer. Finally, yeah, finally we got a trailer for this. Which originally was going to be a regular Cartoon Network show, but uh, they decided since like Cartoon Network's going to expand Adult Swim's hours, they decided, hey, let's just throw this on Adult Swim. Should we maybe like talk a little bit about like how weird it is that like like Cartoon Network and Adult Swim are now being like split equally into like two separate things? Where yeah. it seems like they're now. It seems like going forward they're going to put most of their like adventure kind of uh, like more adult oriented like storytelling and cartoons over onto Adult Swim now. Yeah, like having that air to uh, lead off the block. Yeah, I don't agree with that. <laughs> no. As yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know it's it's not rough. We well, need fourteen hours. Well, keep in mind they're also like it doesn't make you any more hopeful that they announced that like for actual for like the actual Cartoon Network channel going forward, they've said that they want to make more like younger children oriented programs. And the one that really like made me turn my head was the Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends reboot that they're working on, which is going to be made for preschoolers. <laughs> and. And you know, Craig McCracken is going to be working for that, and he's like talked about like how he wants to elevate that to be greater than what people would expect out of it. 
And uh, it's the same thing for the Powerpuff Girls reboot that he's now working on because <laughs> the previous reboot, reboot didn't go over well. Yeah, reboot number four, three, whichever. No, 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 two, two. The, the 2016 one, and now we're getting the third reboot. Yeah. No, we're not counting the live action one, which <laughs> didn't even come out, which sounded awful. So, uh, yeah, Craig, uh, I, I, I feel so bad for that guy. Yeah. I feel really bad for him. Yeah, but hey. Like, no, because, like, no, you don't understand. Like, he went to Netflix, and he, like, talked openly about how much he wanted, about how hopeful he was about Netflix making, uh, making the work, uh, what was it? Kid Cosmic, Cosmic, of course. Great show. He made Kid Cosmic for for Netflix, and he was talking about, like, how it was the freest experience he ever had, and, like, how happy he was working over there. Then he, then he, like, talked about how he pitched, like, what was it, like, 20 cartoons to Netflix, and they rejected every last one. And then basically fired him. And then, like, he just found himself back to Cartoon Network Studios. And he just sadly tweeted that, like, reboots of past properties are all people want to pay for anymore. Like, it's, it's really disappointing. Yeah. It's really disappointing. Like, that's, that, that's all that he's really able to do at this point. Yeah, but, hey, Superman, the series looks fun. Yeah, going back to Superman. Yeah. <laughs> Not to get all sad there. Yeah, but no, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Like, uh, I like the design. I like the art style. They're very I, cute. I like the Superman's got very strong himbo vibes to him. He does. I like that. I like the fact that Lois kind of looks a bit like loose from the Owl House. <laughs> she just does look like an adult loose. She does, but she's very cute. I like her. I really like her design. It's very cute. Yeah, but I like how... Jimmy Olsen also looking Jimmy very charming there with yeah, the big Jimmy. smile. And I like how uh, it seems like they're going with the angle of like uh, this is like the early days of like Clark being Superman, Clark working at the Daily Planet and everything. So they're going to be following that adventures and kind of like building him up to be like the Superman we we know no as. Uh, based on that initial teaser, though, like not the best action they could have like put forward. Though I'm just saying I didn't really feel that impact in that teaser very much. True, but. Uh, Hopefully they uh, make up for it in the right. Yeah, we still got to see more. So yeah. I'm reserving judgment for when we see more of the. Yeah, only one teaser for now, and uh, this also this one uh, promo image that was the only thing we got from the series for a while. Yeah, and we were they were sitting on this one for quite a while as well. But uh, yeah, coming this summer, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. And uh, also coming this year. I think we all kind of forgot that this was still coming. <laughs> yep, not one, but two new uh, Fully Cooey seasons uh, coming, I believe, both this year. Hopefully this year. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, uh, you know, cool, whatever. It's, it's all right. It's all right. We're getting more Fully Cooey. Yeah, like, you know, I, I know people are very mixed on the, the other two reboots, Progressive and Alternative. Like, you know, I can agree that Progressive and not the greatest, but uh, Alternative, that was really good. I really did enjoy that. Not as good as the original, of course, but I liked it. I liked it a lot. So hopefully, these two grunge and shoegaze are are still enjoyable experiences. I have a much more mixed reaction on the this, the the first sequels they made. So I've my opinion is set kind of low for these ones, <laughs> especially since um, CGI Haruka is a little um, is a little eh, like. Like, this could maybe be pulled off, but it could also be pulled off badly as well. Yeah, yeah, but thankfully, that's, it looks like that's only going to be for grunge, and for shoegaze, it's going to be uh, 2D animated. Right, so grunge is going to be, I imagine grunge is probably going to be a bit more experimental, and shoegaze is going to be just more standard fare, I suppose, that we saw from progressive and alternative. Mm -hmm. Which, like, you know, going forward with, like, these uh, Fooly Cooly spin-offs and uh, new seasons and stuff, like... I hope they can kind of do something where it's like uh, bring in some fresh blood to kind of like give their own take on like what Fooly Cooly could be. Uh, well, you say that, but like didn't, the, didn't we say that exact thing about Progressive and Alternative that they were bringing in flesh, fresh blood? Yeah. Like newbies that like hadn't been like really into it. At this point, after watching those two sequels, I'm like, how about we get in someone who, how about we get in people that can just like make a good show? <laughs> I mean, Alternative was a good show. It was all right. <laughs> Let's not get ourselves. I liked it. Okay. <laughs> I was. I had a much much more differing opinion on that. I can agree that progressive was mid, but alternative. Come on, that was good. It was all right. <laughs> more than all right. Both of them were all right. <laughs> <laughs> 
but whatever. I'll still give them a watch. I still like the uh, spirit of Fooly Cooly, but uh, the bar's uh, set a bit low for these ones. And hey, at the very least, more pillows music. Yeah, that's always nice. If anything, we're going to get new, new albums from the pillows. Hell yeah. <laughs> Those old timers. Hey, they're still rocking at least. They're still rocking. <laughs> and uh, another show that should hopefully, maybe, possibly coming, be coming this year. How many times have we shown this already? It's been so long that we still don't even have any new footage to show about this. No. <laughs> I believe the first time we ever talked about this was, I want to say it was 2019. Oh my god. <laughs> it's been a while. Oh my god, come on. It is like, I appreciate the fact that they're, uh, you know, keeping this, you know, have, put, having more time with this in the oven, you know, trying to make it as good as it can possibly be. But at the same time, it's also kind of raising my expectations higher. So, and if they don't meet that, it's going to be really disappointing. You say that, but like it's actually lowering my expectations <laughs> further. <laughs> and like, if you need to take four years to work on four episodes, four whole episodes, four episodes, yeah, that's what that's what they've been working on all this time for it's four much years. It's going to be a movie. I know it's practically just going to be a movie at this point. <laughs> four years for four episodes to One make year this. One year for each episode. Oh my god. We've waited this long just to get, like, what is hopefully going to be, like, they have been hyping this up for so long to be, like, the good Junji, Junji Ito adaption. Yeah, not But I'm at the point now where I'm like, character. if you need four years to develop that, like, I, I don't know how much credit I can give to the idea that you need four years to make it, like, that absolutely perfect. I guess it's cool that they're being given that much time. Yeah, they're taking all the time and care in the world with this one. I, yeah, I would hope that, like, during all that time they're not crunching their animators or anything. That they're, like... Yeah, plus, that's another big factor as well. Yeah. There was the pandemic. So that's also a big factor. I'm sure it, like, slowed down production a lot. But at this point, it's like, come on. Do, can we have... Can we at least even have another trailer, yeah, please, please? some new animation. Please give us hope that this is actually going to come out soon. It's like, the more I think about Uzumaki, the more I'm reminded of, uh... You remember that one bit in uh, Kung Pao Enter the Fist where it's like... It's like, chosen one, I'm coming, chosen one, I'm coming. And it's like further away, so it's like, Uzumaki, I'm coming, Uzumaki, I'm coming. We keep crying out, but then it, but it starts just pulling off a Monty Python game. Yeah, and it just keeps going further and further away. And then the next thing we knew, we're just going to get like stabbed in the face right here. <laughs> will that stabbing be triumphant, or will it be a, an actual stabbing betrayal? Who knows? Like, we'll have to wait and see. Like, Jesus Christ, don't housing complex see this. Oh my god, please no. If please. It's, if it's just a lot of talking and no horror. But in that in that time in that time I have finally read the original Uzumaki. And I don't know, I'm not thinking maybe four episodes won't be enough to, to fully adapt this. I mean because like it, it's because like all of the stories inside there are very segmented, even though they come to like an endpoint. So uh I, I don't know how much... It's got me thinking, like, how much can you actually do with four episodes? Like, I'm... I'm getting doubtful. That's all I'm saying. But hey, 
hopefully coming this year. If not, uh, we'll see you next year when we show this teaser again and say, hey, hopefully in 2024 we get Uzumaki. It had better because, uh, I got to be honest, I think next year will be uh, my uh, last year doing this uh, Toonami panel. Yeah. I'm just I'm just getting to that point where I'm like if if these works can't get out within that time <laughs> I don't think like <laughs> I don't think I'll be able to stick around for much longer. We need like a, a counter that says date since Uzumaki's announcement until air. Oh god, yeah, like some like, you know, days before like a yeah. like some like sign at a company that says days since an accident. Yeah, and then like when it finally airs we go reset the clock. <laughs> For the next good Junji Ito adaption. Yeah. <laughs> so that's as far as uh, new trailers go, but uh, we do have uh, this series that hasn't had a teaser, but uh, is coming out, uh, Ninja Kamui. Uh, it looks cool based on this one teaser image, and I'm hoping it's good. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping, like it's a decent enough image, you know? <laughs> but uh, I, I gotta see something more before I can actually form a further opinion on this. Like. Like, whatever, you've got an image, like, it looks cool, but, like, what are you going to do with that concept? Yeah, and like we said before, the, the Toonami originals have been all home runs. Mm, yeah, unless they pull, like, a Ninja Slayer thing, and they just go, like, full Adult Swim comedy. Yeah, Adult Swim shit post right there. <laughs> I dig it. Watch it, be, watch it be a sequel to Ninja Slayer. Oh, uh, give it to me. <laughs> I'm, like, the only person in the world who actually liked Ninja Slayer. No, there are, there are other people who like Ninja Slayer. <laughs> Give it some credit. Yeah. You just gotta know, like, you're, you're gonna be watching, like, like an Aqua Teen Hunger Force cartoon, practically. Exactly. <laughs> but no, Ninja Kamui, hoping it's good. Please be good. I'm tired of these originals not being good. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's as far as, like, some newer stuff here for Toonami, so... In general, this is probably one of the driest years in Toonami history right this, here. This is the driest year in Toonami history. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, a lot's got to give with Toonami if they're going to be going forward. <laughs> yeah, like, I hope they find a way because, like, I don't want to live in a world where the sun rises on a world without Toonami. Yeah, because I still want Toonami to, Toonami to be around. Yeah, like... I like having it as an option for, like, watching TV on broadcast. Like, I'll never forget, though, that day, ten years, like, over ten years ago, when it finally came back after four years of being away. And, like, I always try to watch it every Saturday night through good times and bad, through Blade Runner Black Lotuses and through oh, My Hero Academias. So it would be sad if it, like, went away again. Yeah. But hey, it's still being kept around. I guess like you know, someone, someone, in, someone in the higher ups can think uh, something is still worth in keeping it around. Probably the same person who's uh, keeping AEW around. Mm, possibly. <laughs> but uh, I'm hoping, hoping, praying that uh, they can work out some deals with Funimation now, Crunchyroll, that they can air some some of their new shows because I feel like in another timeline we would like Toonami would have been chock full of shows like Chainsaw Man or Spy Family. Like, we don't have any of those. Yeah, where's Chainsaw Man? That would be perfect on this channel. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, we need more than that. Yeah. There's so many Prime works that should be on Toonami right now that just aren't. I'm just waiting for WB or Disney to acquire Crunchyroll, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. And though that, that would probably bring a whole another like, yeah. set of problems. They'll probably make it worse now. Uh, yeah. Because like, if Sony doesn't want to play ball, what makes you think Disney would? Yeah, exactly. They won. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think that's a panel right there. Yeah, Coming I think that's a panel. Uh, a very, a very C minus year for <laughs> very C minus year for Toonami. As a uh, one AEW World Champion, Maxwell Jacob Freeman would say, "Ma ma ma mid." Yeah. <laughs> But hey, thank you all for coming, though, to uh, listen to us uh, talk and rant a little bit about how the last year went. Yeah. Like, I really appreciate it. it. And in spite of it all, I still like doing this panel. I still like talking about Toonami. You know, good times ain't bad. But yeah, I think, I think next year will probably be my uh, last time doing this one. Hmm. And uh, I'll try to see if I can keep it going <laughs> afterwards. If I'm going to. Yeah, that'd be cool, too. Yeah. 
But hey, thanks, thanks uh, for joining us. Uh, I've been one of your hosts, Mikey Shiota. You can find me at my social medias, Mikey Shiota on Twitter, MikeyShiota.tumblr.com, and Mikey Shiota on the gram. Where can we find you, buddy? You can find me at 2bits on Twitter and Wolfscreen on Tumblr. And we also have a podcast called Anime Baby, where we talk about a different anime each and every month. Uh, just recently, we're celebrating 50 episodes, talking about, uh, specifically talking about uh, Love Life School Life Project. It's a lot of fun. So. Uh, Follow us at anime underscore baby on Twitter. That's anime underscore B-A-Y, B-A-Y. Also, animebaybay.podbean.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, this is not our last panel of the night, as uh, at around 9 o'clock, we will have, we'll be part of the panel called uh, Listomania, where we'll be uh, gauging the audience to uh, pick the top five anime of the last five years. We have a very stingy friend who's like trying to get back into anime, and we need all of your help to get him back into anime. And there will be prizes for whoever can pitch to him the best anime you can think of from the past five years. It's going to be like anime Shark Tank. Yeah, so you're going to be pitching stuff to us, and we're going to be Mark Cuban sitting in a chair listening to your pitch. <laughs> but hey, should be a good time. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks once again, and uh, hope to see you all there. If not, have a good rest of your night. Yes, have yourselves a great anime detour.